You're listening to the RNR podcast with your host Richa and Rina. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of season three of the RNR podcast. Ooh, yeah. Um, so for this episode, we're basically gonna be ranking top, our top five Marvel works. So this is pretty. Um, it's not only Marvel movies. We're basically going to do like kind of Marvel adjacent as well because, you know, they're kind of all underneath Marvel technically, right? Like the Fox movies, uh, Super Sony. Movies. Yeah, Sony. Um, um, and not to mention, um, we're not just talking about movies this time either. We're talking, we're also talking about TV shows um, because that that's something that's under Marvel now too. Mm. Um, so anything that is, related to marvel under marvel will be like are qualified to join this list mm. i just want to say also like rich and i we're not really like connoisseurs of like marvel works like we, it's not like we watch everything so this is going to be very our, i i feel like our lists are going to be very similar and also um it doesn't take into account like you know things that we haven't watched obviously so like yeah this is very much tailored to us yes um, and not to mention it's not exactly tailored tailored to the comics as well because you and I actually didn't read like the comics we mm -hmm. got into Marvel because of the movies like it started only, it literally started with Iron Man for us yeah yeah the only comic book we actually have read was Spider-Man but we didn't read very many issues no yeah so yeah this is our list and you know um, maybe you could pause this episode and create your own top five list and maybe you can compare it to us uh before you start this episode again so you know join along if you want um but yeah uh this will be our top five uh do you want to go first or do you want me to go first I think you should go first because I think last time we did a top five of anything I went first I believe Okay, um, so number five of my top five Marvel works is Moon Knight. I huh. okay, uh, I I I really love Moon Knight. I really do. Um, it was it was so amazing. I love the music. Uh, I love how um how they actually casted people um who you know they the uh, lady like the other lead. She's Arabic, and I I just think the characters were so well um, created. I love the dialogue. I think the dialogue was so good. And sometimes when you watch TV shows or read books, like, you can tell the t dialogue. There wasn't a lot of work put into it, not as much as the plot. And I think, like, there's a perfect balance between dialogue and plot. Love the characters. And I think, like, um, I guess spoilers, I don't know. But, like, um, so we have, like, Mark. Right, we got Mark, we got Steven. And I love how the way they started, like you got you got Steven. Steven's not the primary, like like the other personality, but he's who we were introduced to first. This quirky, like British guy, like, you know, and then it turned like, you know, he was unraveling the mystery. You know, even though the viewers like us know, like he was unraveling the mystery as the show was going on, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. And then he got answers like the last episode or the second to last episode I don't remember but like he I just love how he, they created him he has his own personality he 
he's totally different from Mark, but then like at the end, you know, they came together, they kind of came to an agreement, you know, and I think the fight scene at in the last episode was so good because the he like Moon Knight was going in between like Mark's costume and Steven's costume. They're totally different. And like, cause Mark is like kind of the, he's the warrior. That's his look. And then Steven is the British like guy with his like suit. Right. And then like, and then like, I just love how throughout the show, you got the mystery of like this kind of third personality that you don't even see until like the last end credit scene or whatever. So like all those things combined, I, that's why I rated it number five of my top five. You know, those are all very valid reasons. And I did enjoy Moonlight, Moon Knight a lot when I was watching it. Um, it was very enjoyable. Yeah. I really like episodes Oscar came out every week too. So, and we waited for them. Like, you know, I just love like, I love the anticipation. Um, you know, it's like what we used to do when we were younger. And then the binging start, uh, era started. And now we're back to like doing an episode a week. Yeah. Um, I yeah. um I really enjoyed watching Os- Oscar Isaac. Um, in the show I think he just did really well you know he did yeah, his the research. Villain was very good too Ethan yeah. um yeah Ethan Hawke like um he and the team did a lot of research on DID so that was very that was that was just nice um I want to just say that I did not add Moon Knight to my list wow um, I wasn't sure if you're expecting me to have it on my list but you know I liked it but it yeah it just wasn't on my list all right. I mean, I just said our list are similar. If they're different, then that's fine too. But I just, I just feel like Moon Knight to me is top five, like personally in my list, you know? So for me, my number five was Eternals. Eternals. Wow. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to give my reason. Like, mm. I think I, I thought it was kind of strange when Eternals came out that there's people who didn't like it and they made it very obvious that they didn't like it, which I thought was kind of strange. But this like it's like this one demographic I notice that like I wouldn't even call them most maybe they are mostly Marvel fans, but like it was just like, you know, these guys, it was mostly guys who were just like, oh, I like hated it, this and that. But I think something that I thought was interesting about Eternals is that like I thought Chloe Zhao did a really good job in like capturing these personalities of um these like eternals like these group of people like not even people right who have been following humanity for like hundreds thousands of years basically right and that evolution like how in the idea of how like no matter who you are like what you are you can change you know and like and but not everyone does change and I thought like I guess spoiler alert but I thought the idea that like Cersei and Icarus like Cersei is so different from Icarus and how she was able to see the good in humanity grow with humanity adapt to society and Icarus just could not do it and his lack of like understanding and adaptability and like the fact that he was so burdened by the truth of who he was and who they all were that he like literally tried to like basically destroy humanity um I thought that idea was very cool I thought Chloe Zhao like the tone was so specific and I think only Chloe Zhao could have been able to uh deliver it in this movie and I guess maybe right now I'm in a I'm like really interested in stories of like beings who have been with humanity for hundreds of years 
and learning to see humanity in a different light, even if they are different from humanity. And um, and like each of the Eternals were so different from the other one. They each had their own stories and their own like background on why they decided to change or why they didn't decide to change or um, you know what they're passionate about. Like each of them have such depth to them. And I thought each of the actors and actresses were chosen so specifically and so well for their roles. Um, and like, I just, like, I thought it was just, I thought it was a great movie. I thought the cinematography is great too. Um, the action, I, I enjoyed the action scenes and it, I just thought it was a great movie. Like, um, I think maybe why I put it at number five was just cause I see Chloe Zhao's vision. And I think that, um, if this movie wasn't part of the Marvel umbrella, I think she I could tell, you can tell that she could have had a lot, there could have been some creative differences she could have made, but it was Marvel and there are certain things she could do and should, she couldn't do. Um, and that's why I put it at number five. Yeah, Eternals is a great movie. Um, I have to admit though, I did not rate it in my top five, but that's um, fine. You know, I was thinking about it, but um, yeah, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, you, um, it, it is beautiful. I want to say, um, you know, I have a whiteboard and I'm like trying to show it to you, but like, I don't know if it's working really well. So I might just, I don't know if it's going to be much of a reveal, you know, it's, we'll work with it, but I just realized <laughs> having a whiteboard is kind of awkward. It's still fun. That is um, true. That's why I'm keeping it. Yeah. But I just realized it's awkward. So, um, I'm going to say number four on my top five is deadpool oh yeah okay. so i okay i know you you might be confused like why is this like higher than moon Knight? and the reason is is because like deadpool is like a humor like it's it's humorous it's so comedic it's such a great like movie ryan reddles totally in like embodies like like deadpool his like uh what's his what's the character's name it's like wade um totally embodies him and like kind of who he is in like the whole like MCU like in the comics too like he nailed it like he nailed it in terms of character and I know he worked so hard to try and get uh Deadpool back into it um they tried to put him in the, the Wolverine movie and it didn't work and like for him to be given this chance to do it and start over and like introduce the story to everyone and I think he just executed it so well and it's so funny and like um the jabs the fourth wall break like how he like I think the beginning of the movie is very interesting in that like you know it's this guy who has terminal cancer he's trying to like get treated he's got like I think his wife Vanessa who um yeah he just wants to spend his life with her and like he you know he accidentally gets these powers because he was tortured and like whatnot um, and then he goes out for revenge and I think he's so valid for that and like I love how at the end he like basically kills the person who did this to him and I think like he's not a hero and you know he he states that very well in, in the movie and I appreciate him I appreciate his character and I think like he's he's someone that we need in this universe like someone who's not all like he does things that make sense to him and you know he didn't do the long monologue he didn't like try to keep him alive because of mercy or whatever like he did what he went out to do 
vengeance, revenge. Like that's what that's exactly what we got. Yeah, I just think it's such an entertaining movie. I just couldn't couldn't help myself but rate it. Um, it is at number four though because um, these other movies I had, movies or TV shows, I thought were pretty good and I feel more connected to. But Deadpool is very good, and you know, applause to everyone who worked on it and Ryan Reynolds for really making it so far before they decide to make it a movie. And yeah, that's why I rated it. I like, I keep forgetting that technically Deadpool is like a part of this and like technically Marvel adjacent because it's a Fox movie, right? It's a Fox mm-hmm. film. Yes. Um, but like, I like, I really like Deadpool too. Like, it's so enjoyable. It's just been a while since I watched them. Yeah, like, same. All, like, all of them. So, but you know, good, good movie. Mm-hmm. So my number four is um it's thor ragnarok oh wow okay um i think it's very similar actually to your number four just because like i like thor ragnarok a lot because it just has everything like i think it i just think it has everything you know it has it has um i think it's much better than the first thor movies i'll just say it's just my taste obviously um and you have Thor who in this movie like comes like he's trying to investigate what's been going on with the nine realms. He realizes his father isn't at um, you know, Asgard, looks for him, he dies, his evil sister comes back, his brother is apparently alive, and like now he's stuck in a world where he has to basically survive somehow. And it has it deals with his dad's death like he I think the humor of it too I think Taika's humor comes through a lot in the movie I think Chris Hemsworth is he's just having so much fun in this movie in particular because um he's just having so much fun like he had to basically reinvent Thor Mm -hmm. in this third Thor movie and I think he just does a great job of it I like the humor I like the colors like I think the cinematography is great um I think um I forgot who plays his like Hella, but like she's like a she's a good actress. Okay, like I know she's very popular. She's like very famous. I like her. I think she's very funny. Um, Tom Hiddleston is great too. Taika's character um, is funny as well. I think maybe it's mostly the humor I like in this movie. Um, and this movie has a good action scene. It like a lot of sibling bonding and understanding. Um, a good storyline. Yeah, I I just like it. You know, it's a nice movie. Occasionally, like I think a couple times I've rewatched it, and it's it's good. You know, it's a good movie. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, you mentioned Thor Ragnarok, and I couldn't help but notice that um, my number three is actually uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I know. Um, Everything that you just said, I agree with. But I also want to mention that every time I rewatch this movie, I kind of forget how how many things happen in Thor Ragnarok. In the in the, and I feel like Taika added so much. And like I love the humor. Don't get me wrong, but like I think Thor one and two, they never really challenge Thor the way that he should. And Thor Ragnarok really does. Like, um. Thor is taken out like he's not even on earth he's not on Asgard he's in a completely different like garbage planet honestly and like he he has to basically like fend off for himself no one knows who he is he's not like 
is he the god of lightning is he the god of thunder i don't know who his, this guy is like he is literally like left on his own and then you have and then i love how loki is at that same planet but he is he's more i don't know how he he's a trickster he, yeah he you know a trickster he, and he's able to like you know be comfortable honestly and like adapt or how they never really explain that and it's fine but like Thor, Thor is challenged in a way that he's never been challenged before and then I love how like throughout this whole process not only is he having to come to terms with his father's death he has to come to terms with his mother's death and then also come to terms with the fact that Loki is alive I mourn for you like and there's so many nice tidbits between him and Loki and I guess it really shows you um the fact that like Thor like maybe he doesn't necessarily need to fix things fix people like some people are just who they are and like he you know I love how he and Loki had that moment as well in the elevator and also the fact that you know the Hulk Bruce Banner is in this this movie um is so interesting so funny and he's just so confused and I love it and uh, you know we don't Um, really get to explore that sort of bond you know in the other Marvel movies and it's so sad but yeah, Taika really carried the Thor movies. Um, you and I, we watched Thor Love and Thunder. And it doesn't have the same vibe as Thor Ragnarok. I mean, that's fine. Thor Ragnarok is once very unique in and of itself. And yeah, I mean, yeah. like I've said for the other movies, the dialogue is pretty good. Um, love the characters. And Hela... She was a very interesting character. And I at the end of the movie, I love how they burned down Asgard, basically. You know, really, you know, to save the people. Because Asgard's not a place, it's a people. Yeah, I, I love that line. Also, mm-hmm. I think it was very, I think it's very interesting that the same lesson he learned about Loki, like, basically letting go is, like, the same lesson that he learned to like carry with him when he was interacting with Valkyrie like you know Valkyrie had to like absorb that message because she had she basically ran away from her past and like when she as the movie kept on going she realized she couldn't do that anymore and so she faced her past it's time to face the wind um or whatever the the term is I don't know what it is but yeah it's a great movie I mean I know everyone they talk about it they talk about the humor and like how much growth Thor had but there's not only growth but there's so many arcs that like happen within this movie like and so many things happen and I just think it's 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 basically this movie has basically carried Thor carried his whole like character and I like it's like before Endgame uh and that whole whatever happened there and yeah it is what it is okay so moving on to my number three, because yours was Ragnarok. Yes. My number three is, it's a WandaVision. Oh, okay. So WandaVision. I, this was, I think, the first project they released, like, because they didn't release anything in 2020. I think this was the first project they released in 2021, which is supposed to obviously take place after Endgame. Um, and... I I think this was such a okay I didn't realize how popular Wanda was and Vision was until this show came out because people were like really into it they're like oh my god I'm so excited this and that and I guess maybe I never thought about Wanda and Vision like too much I was mostly focused on the original Avengers but this 
show was so interesting to me because you have Wanda who is grieving for Vision who is technically her partner in the universe and she literally had to kill him like and she watched him die like two times right and that is incredibly tragic she basically has no family her brother died um so it's basically just herself and and I guess maybe spoiler alert when she finds out that Vision essentially had a plan for their future but he like he like died and was murdered she like literally broke down and and like released her powers and essentially created I forgot what the town's name was but like that town and recreated it into her childhood essentially because her childhood shows like shows basically I think that was such an interesting concept like you're using shows from the past to recreate like like and use those concepts into this show right start with the 1960s then you went to the like 70s 80s like two early 90s 2000 like themes and concepts and then you went into modern time and that's when everything goes down right I like that development and I really enjoyed the side plot of everything going on outside of like that hexagon that Wanda made. I thought that was so interesting how there's sort of a dual time, like a dual storyline going on in the show. But that was after you found out that essentially nothing was real in in Wanda's universe, right? Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed that mystery. I enjoyed the little bits of like horror almost or like mystery thriller sort of things going on like things that weren't right I thought that those like things like I thought my my tv was glitching when I watched that one scene where she like rewound vision to make sure he doesn't realize that things something was wrong I thought that was crazy good like I thought that was like it was so good like um and every time they did something like that in the show I just like I loved it I loved it a lot Mm. editing was great the costume design was great the story was great and I thought at the end of the day this is about Wanda's grief and about grieving for loved ones who've like passed on and stuff and how she never properly did that and how in a way this vision was there to like help her like you know move on even though in like multiverse madness didn't exactly happen um she was able to like use that whole like event like situation in order to help like heal herself in a way so that's why I put it at number three yeah um you didn't mention this but um also WandaVision the intros were different for every episode because they coincide with like I guess the popular like intros of these certain sitcoms that they kind of um took inspiration from for these different episodes yeah yeah Yeah. it was uh tv within tv within tv because it was like the people outside of the hexagon were technically watching it too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very good. I didn't rate it on my top five, but um, I had too many unanswered questions at the end of the show, so I couldn't rate it. Oh. Um, yeah. But it was, it's really good. Like, yeah. Anyway, we're going into top twos now. Um, so we'll see how similar our lists are now. I think they're very similar. Our, my top two is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, That's your number two? Yes, it is my number oh, two. I see. <laughs> so Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, um, I think we've definitely talked about it, but um, it's just like, I think it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. 
um it's animated it's like so similar to the comic book version like they got um it's just like it's just the way the animators worked and created this movie was very well done and it was they weren't afraid to make it look like comic book-esque you know like they really leaned into it and they did such a good job uh I love Miles he was such a you know he was really thrown into the situation and he had to tragically watch he literally watched the OG like Peter Parker die in front of him which is so traumatic but he was able to find mentors in different versions of Spider-Man and other universes and that's I think incredible and uh I think like Peter B he was the mentor we all needed he was a middle-aged Peter Parker and I think like you know Marvel they's, they've always had like teenager Peter Parkers okay like with like Tobey Maguire and then like Andrew Garfield and now like Tom Holland they were they were playing Peter as a teenager in high school and this Peter Parker he's a middle-aged adult who's going through a crisis right now who is have, has gone through so many different things and yet he's still spidering along all along like New York City you know like and I think I love how they made him like this like guy who's like kind of done kind of chill like you know doing his thing right that's the feeling I got anyway they got Gwen she was amazing um she had a totally different fighting style from the others I mean, they all had different sp fighting sp styles. But, like, anyway, I love all the sp Spideys in this movie. And I think, like, that scene, like, what's up, danger with Miles, like, taking the leap of faith, that was such a great scene. Like, my favorite scene throughout the whole movie. And, like, he's, like, kind of still and, like, and then you hear, like, what's up, danger. The song is going on in the background. And what a good way to utilize music, by the way. I didn't mention this for Thor, but they also utilize music very well. But what's up danger that scene was so good and then he's like going through the city it basically like follows what he did in the beginning when he was trying to you know swing and like do all, like try to learn how to do it and he couldn't and now he can because he he's more confident in himself he trusts himself and yeah it's just a great movie I don't think I need to say anymore I probably missed some stuff but you know I mean you know I know because I'll mention them later but I thought <laughs> I figured like I think you know, but like yeah. I mean, I'll um I'll talk about Spider Verse later. But I want to move into my number two kind of quickly yes. so I can talk about my number one. <laughs> um, but I like to talk about my number two because my number two is um, it's a Black Panther mm -hmm. from the two thousand the two thousand eighteen movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you anticipated that this would be my number two, but um, I I love this movie so much. I you and I actually watched Wakanda Forever recently, and I enjoyed that a lot, but nothing is ever gonna like replace black the original black panther for me because um i just think like first of all chadwick like i mean r.i.p but like he was just really phenomenal in like his role as like like black panther t'challa um how he was he basically started off in the movie as having to be coronated essentially into his role as a king and how he didn't know if he could do it he met his father in um like a spiritual world and his father was like you know it's you are a good man and it's really hard for a good man to be king and um and how like 
the storyline ended up progressing where he found out that his father wasn't a good man right but um the trouble with that is that this these actions they're their customs and how they had to be isolated. They couldn't help anyone. They didn't want to help anyone because they had to protect themselves. Essentially caused, basically ruined this child's life, which is, um, you know, Killmonger's life because of his dad's um, reliant on the system that they've always had, that they had to, they couldn't do this. They couldn't help other people. They, um, even though his uncle essentially like had, was kind of right like you know people are suffering around the world and they like didn't do anything right and I think the way that as the movie goes on like for me I didn't I didn't I never really disagreed with Killmonger but his ways of doing it like you know killing having to essentially bribe his way into Wakanda um and in stuff wasn't obviously not my thing but like his his like the reason why he did it made sense because he was essentially traumatized as a child. He wanted to get revenge. He hated what they did to his father and how they essentially orphaned him. Um, and that really changed like T'Challa. That really changed his mindset because he realized they couldn't keep on doing this. They couldn't just sit back and not do anything about it. They had to like change what they had to do. And he was the guy to do that. Um, and he confronted his ancestors about it. Like, you literally did this. Like, you caused the suffering to occur without, like, without any guilt because you thought it was the best, but it was the wrong thing to do. And, yeah, it was just a great movie. I thought Ryan Coogler did such a good job. Like, you know, the cast and crew, like, the costume designing, the, like, the languages and accents they had, like they specifically made sure that it was like, they kept it African. Like they were like, oh, Chad, like Chadwick do a British accent. He was like, no, I'm not gonna do a British accent because like if they were never conquered by Europe, why would they have a British accent? They would not have a British accent. And I thought Chadwick's determination to keep it very authentic to itself was very, is very admirable it makes me admire him much more when I learned about that um yeah um cinematography is amazing um Michael Jordan did great as Killmonger um just a good just a really good movie it really it's really it's the only Marvel movie I can really think of where the hero actually changes his mind like he actually changes what he's thinking I know there's a couple maybe like Iron Man where like Tony changed his mind but if I'm really thinking about it, I think Chadwick, like, true, like, sorry, I, um, I accidentally said Chadwick. I meant Chachala really changed his mind about how he should move forward. And I thought that was very, that was a good message. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I completely agree, <laughs> which is why Black Panther is my number one on my list. Oh my okay. God. Yeah. So, okay. We knew this, but like, um, I think uh, also not only everything you said but also plus I want to add we also watched this movie when it came out like that weekend we watched it like Friday Saturday yeah we watched it very soon after that and I remember where we went the theater was full we were in okay we were still in college obviously but like we had a lot of international students at our school and like they came in their traditional garb they watched they were so excited and like the whole theater was so like packed it was was packed. packed 
packed like every single seat was taken like I mean and it was so good like the the vibes like literally like the whole like energy in the room was incredible and like that really made the experience like amazing and I think so many other people also had the same experience as well it was life-changing this movie and also not only that but it was also life-changing for future Marvel movies as well because now like spoiler alert for Black Panther Wakanda forever but we're seeing now because that because Wakanda kind of opened up about the fact that they have vibranium the fact that like you know they got so much technological advances people want that now and we're seeing the repercussions of what T'Challa did in this first Black Panther movie and I just love like how that that we're seeing like what's happening the consequences or like the repercussions of what he's done but his idea of opening up came because he changed his mind because Killmonger was not wrong like you know you did you it was okay I hate to compare this but like it's like an only lost situation where like the king did what he to Chaka did what he thought was best for his people compared to what he did to this child like he did so much wrong to this child orphaned him killed his father right in the in his apartment and he found him you know afterwards like he was playing basketball outside knew something was up came up and saw his father on the ground or whatever I'm pretty sure that's how it happened but like yeah you know in favor of all these other people he was left out of all that he did not he suffered so much because of that and like he was not wrong in in like his feelings and like all that but his method of doing everything was was not very good you know and I think it's so interesting how Killmonger, he was part of this, he's part of the CIA, right? And Ross, Martin Freeman's character, is also part of the CIA, CIA. But the difference between how they got into the country is so different. Like I, you know, we got Ross, a white man. He came to Wakanda because he was injured and he he protected um one of the bodyguards of um the Dora Milaje, I think that's what he protected name. Nakia specifically. Nakia? Okay, okay, Nakia, and you know, in order to thank him, they or you know, they had to save his life, obviously, because they had the technological advances, and you know, they risked a lot doing that. But he literally like saved one of them, but in, but then you have Killmonger who got him because he kind of killed the what? What's his name? Kane. They killed him. He killed him. And that's an interesting comparison. I didn't yeah, think it about is. That. I just they're like juxtaposed. But yeah, it's very much it's so different. Like one came in because they saved someone, the other one came in because they killed someone. And that's like a huge difference and shows their character. And I just it was just so like getting the first glimpse of Wakanda, it's just so amazing. Like the technological advances and like um, you know, you saw how bright Shuri was, like it was you know um and then that's this is like kind of the first time they really really explained vibranium they mentioned vibranium obviously with captain america's shield and like there's tidbits of wakanda and like other little scenes and other movies but like this is the first time like we ever got a glimpse of like it in its true like i guess true form you know at the source you know from the meteorite and i just think it was such an incredible movie and 
this movie was the first one right after Civil War. So, you know, T'Chaka had just died, like, maybe that week. And then T'Challa was supposed to be, like, coronated. And, you know, I just think it's so interesting how they also incorporated so many different tribes. And, um, you know, it tells a story. Very important story. And, yeah, great movie. Um, you already you already know what my number one is. Yeah. It's, it's basically Spider-Verse. Um, I didn't want to like say anything earlier just because I want I wanted to talk about Black Panther. Um, yeah. but Spider-Verse, I mean you basically already said it. I just think it's amazing that like Spider-Verse, like I don't know if we talk about talk about it enough, but it really changed animation. Like yeah. it changed it. Like I'm sorry, but I remember when Lion King came out and how awful the animation for Lion King is and the scene. It was supposed to be live action, remember? Oh, it really yeah it was awful but like the point is that recent like up until like maybe Lion King was like pinnacle of like what I'm talking about but like animation was starting to become more realistic like realism and that's not but and at some point it didn't look good right I think Lion King was one of those examples um and spider spider-verse spider-man into the spider-verse my favorite spider-man movie by the way it really changed the whole game it really changed the industry like you have like you like such an interesting thing that you were able to mimic what comic books look like and put it on the screen like like especially after miles got bitten like it completely changes like you have the animation like the bubbles the talk bubbles you have you actually see the panels too of like in comic books and they incorporated all that into it like you got the wiggly lines for like the sick the spider the spider tingle and then and every time a spider-man came into the movie they had to do the like um let's do this one last time and they like basically introduce themselves like that whole thing like everything about the movie is so amazing um my favorite christmas movie by the way yeah. um and it is it is a tech it's technically a christmas movie okay um it's literally not only is it just about like a like a new spider-man right but it's about a kid who is essentially trying to meet expectations but the problem is is that what they do what those other spider people do it's not what he does that's not how he works you know mm-hmm. and he had to find his own rhythm he had to find his own like place in the spider universe and basically do his own thing and miles was able to do that he was able to trust himself make that leap and then like go for it you know um he's the best of all of them um no um, you just you just quoted Aaron. yeah but the point is that like, I just love Miles. Like, I think something that's really interesting to me is that Tom Holland's Spider-Man, it's technically based on Miles. You know, like, he has a best friend. Like, um, um, that Ned was supposed to be, like, gangy in the, in the Miles mm-hmm. universe. Like, you know, like, um, he's, like, a smart, smart kid. He does good in school. Like, I mean, a young kid in the neighborhood. Like, that's basically the inspiration they took for Tom Holland came from Miles and seeing Miles himself though was like very different you can feel the energy like he's so young he's still trying to figure himself out and like he he didn't exactly have a choice when he became Spider-Man but you know 
he wants the choice but he never got that choice but the choice that he was able to make was the one of like what kind of spider-man was did he want to be like who did he want to be did he want to be like the old peter parker or did he want to be just himself you know like he had big shoes to fill but Mm -hmm. you know they weren't they weren't his though that's the thing Mm -hmm. um but anyway animation's good the music too like the way they incorporated it like you mentioned um what's up danger and like the way they mixed what's up danger with miles's theme song like literally the way i watched the video about this like the way they did that was just like amazing um that yeah the action scenes the humor i thought it was hilarious Mm -hmm. i thought it was so funny like and it was like perfect amount of humor i think they didn't overdo it they didn't overdo it it was at the right time um yeah i i just think everything about the movie is like amazing but yeah i see that we had at least three in common uh None of them were in the same place, though, but we did have quite a bit in common, I guess, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, it does. But yeah, that's our list. Um, I think, you know, Um, I think it's a pretty solid list. I don't regret anything. Me neither. Um, I just really, maybe some of these movies aren't a lot of people's top, like, you know, Marvel films or Marvel related. At least some of them, you know, like, but Mm -hmm. I think that... um, they're the ones that I feel like have so much potential and was executed well. And there's a lot of storytelling depth as well as like character depth. And I think they're very good, um, you know, and there's a lot of other stuff I didn't mention that I really enjoy. Like um, I enjoyed Miss Marvel, you know, I enjoyed Kamala Khan like, and her stuff, you know, I do like the other Spider-Man movies, although Spider-Verse is my favorite one. Um, just the I did watch um I I said I liked like Deadpool I did watch one X-Men movie (laughs) but I don't know anything about X-Men so I didn't put that in there yeah and like you know there's a couple of other Marvel movies that I like was thinking about but these were the ones that I just really liked yeah I felt the same way um you know it's all for me it's like kind of about dialogue character arcs music I think my top three my top three, Black Panther, Spider-Verse, and Thor, you know, they incorporated music into their uh, movies. Um, more memorable to me anyway. But um, yeah, this is my list. Um, and, you know, we're coming up to the beginning of phase five for Marvel. So maybe, hopefully, maybe we'll have more new favorites that are coming going to come out soon. Um, I think Quantumania is coming out in February. So I know this episode's gonna be released early February so you know shortly after this you know we're gonna get the first movie of phase five so we'll see how it goes yeah um I'm really excited I think um I think someone explained this but like phase four was basically a lot about grief a lot about moving on a lot of like which makes sense you know this is all supposed to take place like a few years out from Endgame, so, you know, tough times for everyone. Yeah, really. I just thought that was an interesting choice um, that they had, that they made for Phase 4, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm looking forward to what happens in Phase, phase 5, especially when it comes to King, you know? Yeah. Jonathan Majors is going to do amazing, so I en- yeah. I'm en- going to enjoy that. I'm interesting to see, to, to see how Marvel, like, basically, 
makes King into this big, big bad person because Thanos, you know, he we were getting hints of him in like end credit scenes and whatnot, and then he became a big threat. So, and we got introduced to King in Phase Four and Loki essentially. So, but he was like, he was nonchalant. He was kind of not as King the Conqueror as what we thought. We'll see. I mean, the trailer was good, so. Phase five, here we go. Yeah. So anyway, um, we hope you guys enjoy um enjoyed this podcast episode that we made. Right. Bye guys. Bye. See you back next time.